welcome to the Moving Markets podcast on Wednesday, the 31st of May, with me, Bernadette Anderko. Investors remain focused on the issue of the US debt ceiling, and stocks have fallen in Asia this morning on the back of a weak Chinese PMI data release. On the show today, we'll get an update from our fixed income research analysts' views on various European sovereigns from Irini Tsikeradu. But first up, Alexander Peterson from the investment writing team is here to bring us up to speed on what's been moving markets overnight. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Bernadette. Alex, uh, perhaps you could start the show by filling us in on the developments uh, around the US debt ceiling, please. Yes, of course. The big news this morning is House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has dismissed threats from Republican hardliners to oust him over the debt limit deal he forged with President Joe Biden, expressing confidence that lawmakers will pass legislation in time to avert a US default. The bill headed for a House vote on Wednesday night prompted GOP Representative Dan Bishop to call for a vote to remove McCarthy as a speaker, claiming the deal gave too many concessions to Democrats. So um, how did the US markets react to all of this? Well, the S&P 500 was little changed on Tuesday, with consumer discretionary, tech and real estate outperforming. The Nasdaq 100 was up 0.4% and the 10-year U.S. Treasury ended Tuesday with a yield of 3.68%. Okay. As I mentioned earlier, there's been some news about economic activity in China overnight. What can you tell us, Alex? Indeed, China's economic recovery weakened in May as manufacturing activity slumped, prompting investors to sell stocks and call for more stimulus to boost growth. The official manufacturing purchasing manager index fell to 48.8, the lowest since December 2022, and weaker than economists' median forecast of 49.5. A reading below 50 signals contraction. So what's been the market reaction to this Chinese PMI news? In Asia, equities indices were mostly lower, with China Shanghai Composite Index down 0.7%, Hong Kong's Hansen Index fell 2.57%, and Japan's Topics Index was down 1.5%. Okay, so um, if we move away from equities for a minute, is there anything to highlight today in the other asset classes? Over in currencies, the Bloomberg Dollar Spot Index was little changed, and the euro is trading above $1.07. In the digital asset world, Bitcoin is trading around 27,207 US dollars. And in commodities, West Texas Intermediate rose 0.2%, trading around $69 a barrel. Gold is trading around $1,962 an ounce. And do you have any other news of note for us this morning, Alex? Yes, in the UK, business confidence fell for the first time in three months as faster than expected inflation figures weighed on firm sentiment about the economy. The data showed that business confidence fell 5 points to 28% in May from the previous month, driven by the outlook for the economy as a whole. The net balance of firms expecting to increase prices over the next year fell by 1 point to 56%, well above the pre-crisis average. The data suggests further upward pressure on prices, adding to the Bank of England's concern about rising costs. This could increase the risk of further interest rate rises. Okay, then. So finally, what can we expect for the rest of the day, Alex? Looking ahead, Japan released its retail sales and industrial production later in the day. And furthermore, China will release its manufacturing PMI data this afternoon. And that's all for today's Markets Wrap-Up. Back to you, Bernadette. Thanks very much for the update, Alex. And now Irini Tsikaridou is joining us from the Fixed Income Research Department. Uh, She's got some electoral updates for us from Europe. But we're starting with her team's latest thoughts on Greece. Good morning, Irini. Good morning, Bernadette. 
So you've recently upgraded Greek sovereign debt from a hold to a buy. Uh, perhaps you could start by giving us the rationale for this decision, please. Yes. Greece held elections on 21st May, where the ruling party New Democracy got 41% of the votes versus the 20% obtained by Syriza, the opposition party. And this corresponds to New Democracy getting 146 seats in parliament out of 300, only five short of obtaining the outright majority. Now, Prime Minister Mitsotakis will seek to hold the second round instead of forming a coalition. The second round will take place on 25 of June in order to get the outright majority, which would allow him to govern for another four years. The second round will be conducted with a new electoral law that gives the winning party up to 50 bonuses. The outcome allows for continuation in political leadership and the scheduled reforms. Greece is now in a good place. Its growth is stronger than the European average and its inflation is lower. The majority of its debt is very long due to the support packages Greece got during the Eurozone sovereign crisis, and this makes Greece less vulnerable to the interest rate hikes, feeding into higher costs for sovereign debt. It is also a strong beneficiary of the EU's recovery and resilience facility, which is projected to support growth and create new jobs. The higher tax base will lead to higher tax receipts and support the primary balance, which according to the stability program presented in April, Greece is targeting a decrease in debt to GDP by 10 percentage points each year until 2026 to 135%. As such, we expect that Greece will soon be gaining an investment grade rating, bringing its rating in line with what the market already is pricing in. The overall outlook on Greece is favorable, and we have thus upgraded Greece to buy from hold. And staying with the Eurozone periphery and elections, um, Spain announced snap elections surprising the markets. Um, what's our assessment of this? Yes, Spain's Prime Minister Pedro Sánchez said he will dissolve Parliament and he has called for snap elections after his left-wing socialist party, PSOE, suffered heavy losses in regional and local elections on Sunday and lost control of several key regions, indicating that there is doubt over the direction of his government. The elections were originally scheduled to take place in December, but now have been moved forward to 23 July. The Sunday results increase the expectation that the Conservative People's Party will win the elections as they won 8 out of 12 regions on Sunday, but the complex dynamics of building coalitions in Spain raise the question if he can manage to form a majority with a hard-right Vox party. So what does this mean for the Spanish bond market, Rini? On the bond side, Spanish growth has been outperforming its European peers. Yesterday we saw Spanish inflation slowing in May to 2.9%, more than anticipated, and core inflation also fell for the third consecutive month. So we don't see many issues arising in the economic policy. One issue that keeps arising is the independence of Catalonia in the event that People's Party wins, but overall a shift in government from centre-left, far-left to centre-right, far-right might even help with fiscal prudence and thus be beneficial for bondholders. We thus keep our bio-opportunistic rating on Spain for the time being. And uh, finally, whilst we're on the subject of elections, um, a quick word on the presidential runoff in Turkey on Sunday with um, Erdogan winning the presidency once again. What's our assessment there, Rini? So Erdogan prevailed over the opposition candidate Kilic Darulu with 52% versus 48%. And 
will remain Turkey's president for another five years, strengthening his image of invincibility. But after the results of the first round and the third candidate, Ogan, endorsing Erdogan, the result did not really come as a surprise. In the parliamentary elections, the People's Alliance, or Erdogan's allies, got the majority. So overall, we expect further deterioration in the economic environment and a continuation of unorthodox economic policy, as well as rising risks in foreign policy. Uh, Turkish assets reacted negatively, with the Turkish lira reaching record lows of 20 against the US dollar and the five-year CDS also rising the most. We've been negative on Turkish assets for some time now and we see little reason to change our view. So we maintain our negative stance on the Turkish lira, on Turkish equities and on Turkish sovereign bonds. Thank you for that quick trip around Europe, Irini, and uh, the update on your views. Well, this concludes today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Please tune in again tomorrow when Helen Freer will be back to talk to our guests about what's moving markets. Good luck today and goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Business Leaders is a monthly podcast where we talk to entrepreneurs across the globe. We delve into the details of how they started their careers, their journeys in building businesses, and hear about some of the challenges that they faced along the way. Search for Business Leaders on your favorite podcast player.